Welcome to Better Than MJ and Kobe? Question mark. I'm your host, Cthulhu's Prodigy, coming to you live and direct from we're in Hayward. Yeah. <laughs> Alongside me is it's Stitch. What's up? We're back again. Yes, yes. Um, man, it's, I, if if you haven't heard it already, that last one might have been our mm-hmm. best episode yet about uh, Brady and Montana. Oh, that was fun. That, that was, was lots that was an epic, epic <laughs> debate. I will tell you, and I hope he listens to this. James, my big, my friend, big game James. He uh, is a hardcore Niners fan. Okay. And he was totally on your side the whole entire time in terms of that discussion and uh, that uh, about Brady and Montana. But I flipped it on him. And I want to get your take on this too. <laughs> I said, okay, what if Brady played for the Niners and was black? Same stats, same scandals all the way through 15-year career. How would you feel about him? If Brady was black... And played for the Niners as a starting for quarterback Niners. for the and last still, 15 years. Are we talking about like how these scandals would have been handled, or are we talking about his legacy? Everything is exactly the same, and we're talking about his legacy. I believe, and this is what James admitted to reluctantly as well, he would have both an away jersey in his closet and a home jersey in his closet of Brady. And he would be... Shouting from the rooftops that he is the greatest well, football player of all time. I'm just essentially it's the, same, it's the same logic that people from Boston have. I, I hear mean, you. Boston's the uh, uh, I want to say it's a uh, a white pride type city, but uh, they go hard about their uh, their Teams. their uh, sport athletes that resemble them, like such as Larry Bird. Uh, they sort of uh, kind of. Go a little bit over the top in terms of like the greatness of of their players that are that represent that area of Boston and everything. They have their sort of uh, little little brother syndrome that they have in comparison with New York City in terms of always trying to shout louder than New York or be better than New York. Boston Red Sox, New York, New York Yankees, Knicks, Celtics. Even though that's really not a rivalry because Celtics crush them and yeah. everything, but um, I th- I think the scandals would have been handled differently. In terms of uh, a black player cheating, uh, and and so called trying to circumvent the system, in mm-hmm. terms of the whole Deflate Gate and Spygate, I think people would have had a lot to say on a national level. It's sort of let's say in the way like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is a majorly hated figure outside of the Bay Area. The Bay Area is sort of like his safe spot between in terms of like him being with the Giants and everything. He's the uh, Godson of Willie Mays. I'm willing to say that only two thirds of the Bay Area like him. Okay, I would say another third also believe that he's a, a jerk. But in, go ahead. Well, in terms of comparison with everywhere else in yeah. the country, it's, it's, it's more it's, favorable here. It's yeah, exactly. It's safe haven. He's still re- revered and treated like a, a celebrity, home run king, etc. But if you go somewhere else, they're like, Nah, fuck that dude. You cheated, etc., etc. Same way, it sort of works vice versa with Brady, where everyone outside of Boston like, well, the Flaygate, he's a cheater, etc. I don't mm-hmm. like him, even though he grew up in San Mateo and went to high school, played high school ball there. Grew up as a Niner fan. Yeah, so I think if you flipped it like that, it would just sort of just flip the, the poles of the earth in terms of like us being a Niner fan and him being black, we would have his back more and be like, it's he, he represents us, it's him and, and me and Brady against the world. So I think that's it would fair. just I just think that's how it would 
it would reflect. It would it just with him being around here, playing for the pro team here, we would just have his back and be like, oh, he represents the Bay, even though technically he does still represent the Bay from playing high school here. We would just yep. sort of stand up for him, and in him being a person of color, we probably would just try to back him a little bit more. So that I still you. would, and it, it, I admit that sometimes my fandom comes in into play in, in terms of my bias and my, my favoritism. So I think I would use that to just sort of tone out maybe some of the the Montana stuff had, had Montana played somewhere else. But I think that because just where I am, where I grew up in my team, got to have Montana's back. I hear you. I, that's very fair. That's, that's a, a question, se- sensible answer. And, you know, yeah, like I said, when I talked to Big Game James about it, he was just like, you know what? He'd be my favorite player ever <laughs> in history. And I'd defend him. Exactly what you said. Yeah. Let's get into it, man. There's so much going on right now in sports. Um, we are recording this 21st of March. So uh, right in the middle of March Madness yeah. playoff for the NBA is right around the corner. Yep. But, of course, there's always football. Or, no, I'm sorry. No, we're not going to start with football. I'm sorry. There's always basketball news that has nothing to do really with sports almost lavar bell yeah this is uh oh boy this joker um daddy daddy with a big mouth daddy with a big mouth uh he's the father of three boys um the eldest i believe is lonzo bell a freshman at ucla doing extremely well in the tournament right now um he's projected to be possibly the number one pick overall maybe Maybe. Let's see how he does for the rest of the games for the tournament. Yeah. Uh, you could have one poor game and your stock could certainly fall. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this is about. This is about Mr. Bell uh, bragging in an outrageous fashion about not only his very good collegiate athlete son, Lonzo, but also the younger siblings yeah. that are still in high school saying ridiculous things like... Uh, they should have an, a billion dollar shoe contract. Yeah, the um, if I believe correctly, his son was the kid that scored ninety three the uh, uh, couple true. month ago or, or whatever it was at that uh, high school in um, in, in SoCal. Um, he's he's taken sort of self promote not self promotion but uh, child promotion to a new level. Um, we've seen just throughout even our lifetimes uh, parents promoting their their young athlete sons yep. uh, and daughters. Yes, uh, with Tiger, uh, we saw Tiger on the, the, the um, Johnny Le- Carson, Johnny Carson show, and everything. But then uh, went up a little bit of a notch with uh, well, at the time. Not to get on or uh, have bells back or anything like that but we saw we sort of heard this kind of talk when venus and serena were were up and coming um mr williams i can't think of his first name was really vocal about oh yeah venus is good venus is good no not just good best ever well the yeah but then he said she ain't got nothing on her on her sister serena yes yeah and everyone was just like this dude's fucking crazy he's just taking advantage of his daughters etc and he was fucking right, but uh, Bell seemed to have gone over and beyond this this craziness. Um, it's it's really distracting. It's embarrassing. I mean, there's one thing when you hype up your son or your daughter in a single uh, individual sport like golf or tennis, where it's essentially you versus everybody else. Yep, and it's uh, you versus like one on one other golfers. Yeah, one on one or you uh, on the on the tennis court. It's your ability to outdo the other opponent, just you versus them. 
this is a team sport. Uh, basketball is a, a very um, team-oriented sport. They, you need the other four people on the court to win. Uh, no one really likes a ball hog. No one likes the person, especially a, a young person coming in the league and being like, this is my team or whatever. And he just seems like he's going to be making it way more difficult for his son to transition into the NBA lifestyle. He's played really well for a year at UCLA, but um, they haven't won a title yet. Um, And as good as he is at UCLA, that's different than going into the NBA. I mean, we've seen plenty of people. I remember when um, Adam Morrison was the best guy in in college, dominating. He couldn't do nothing. I'll take you back since we're talking about UCLA. Remember the O'Bannon brothers? O'Bannon brothers. I was trying to think of the other guy. Uh, Jordan Farmar was another one out of UCLA that was supposed to be bad as hell. I mean, obviously you do have Westbrook that came out of UCLA and Kevin Love. But, I mean... They didn't need this per- this self promotion before they got into the league, and it's 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 going to be distracting. It is distracting. Uh, he's creating a sideshow for himself and yeah. his son. He wants a, a billion dollar shoe contract. To, just to clarify, for the three of the, he yes. wanted to get a package deal, so yep. three hundred million for each one of them for a lifetime, whatever. Um, it's it's ridiculous. And now, I mean, he, he started taking shots at Barkley and everything, which is just ridiculous. But sort of everyone kind of takes chips and takes shots at Barkley. Um, but he sort of crossed the line, and it came out kind of today uh, when he started criticizing LeBron. Yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> he fired at LeBron's uh, kids and everything. LeBron was like, uh, you're going to keep your, your name, my family, in your, at your uh, mouth. So that'll be interesting to see how those little war words go because um, he's going to have to play against LeBron probably as soon as the next year. Yeah, but hold on. Let, <laughs> let, let's back up even more than that, though. He, what, what's funny to me is he made these braggadocious claims about basically destroying Jordan back in his day because this guy played college ball yeah. and literally averaged two points a game. Yeah. You know, so everything is... Outside of any sort of normal uh, discussion when it comes to reality right. with this guy. He's a fucking lunatic when it comes <laughs> to shit. I mean, just literally yeah. making shit up. You can't say, because I averaged two points a game in college, I was giving it to Jordan, you know, one-on-one. I mean, come on. He's taking the whole any news is good news or publicity or whatever is good publicity kind yeah. of thing. By just keeping the buzz and whether they're saying, I mean, obviously they're saying negative stuff about him as a father just ride on his son's coattails and making all these stupid claims to just to i guess hype his son up but i don't understand the logic in that and i don't see how that's going to be beneficial for him uh transitioning into nba ball lifestyle we've been watching the nba for over 30 years man um and we've seen a lot of sons of former nba players kobe for all especially for a lot of you young folks had a dad that played in the NBA. And, you know, you never heard shit nah. from him. He hardly ever does interviews, even in the early days when Kobe got drafted. Yeah. You know, about the fact that his son was very, very good and, you know, start went yeah. to play on the Lakers. And through the ups and downs of Kobe's career, you know what I mean? You didn't hear shit from uh you know, his dad. Yeah. Jellybean, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and we, we've even seen some athletes uh, through our, our age. Uh, I mean, we've seen, essentially, uh, Tim Hardaway 
his son plays ball for the Hawks now. He's a really yep. good basketball player. Uh, being, even though I'm a Michigan fan, I'm really familiar with uh, Glenn Robinson III won the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, big dog back in the day uh, playing for Milwaukee. Uh, Larry Nance uh, and Larry Nance Jr. I Perfect mean, examples. We, and, but they didn't need all this self-promotion. And those those fathers who were legitimate star players, even Patrick Ewing's son, um, they didn't have to self-promote. They, no. they taught the skills to them. And obviously his, his kids can ball. They can play. But he, they didn't need to do all these theatrics and, and everything to try to get his son drafted or get him a high draft choice. Your they just game, know. Your game speaks for you. That's the thing. I mean, basketball, there is some hype in basketball or whatever, depending on your competition, If you know who, right. what games you're playing or who you're playing against in terms of your conference, whatever, for college and whatnot, and your draft pick. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, it's can you ball or not. Right. I'm not saying Lonzo Bell... The UCLA freshman can't ball. He looks like a very solid, good player. Right. We'll see what, it, well, as you mentioned, we'll see if it translates to the pros. But his dad shouldn't have anything to say except for, I'm proud of my son. He's worked hard. All the normal stuff that a parent should be saying yeah. when you're living the dream of having literally a star athlete of a of a son that's in college and looking to potentially go pro. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting because um, he, he publicly said that he, uh, he wants his son to play for the Lakers. <laughs> so, uh, Even that is problematic, oh, man. man. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Lakers are going to get a fairly high draft pick. Yeah. There's no fucking doubt about they have it. A top, I believe it's a top three protected pick. So the but, way they're they're tanking it on purpose uh, looks to be they're, they're safe to get that top three pick. Sure. L.A. may not be a good fit. Um, and I the ball... It, it would be a good fit. But, but that's because... Okay, he's in... A, he's, he's, you're a Laker fan. No, no, no. And, he's, and he's, he's playing for UCLA. Yeah, it'd be nice to literally move across town and play for the Lakers per se. But the ball may bounce for uh, Orlando or the 76ers. See, I think that would be problematic for a smaller franchise in terms of having this loudmouth clown... Uh, constantly chirping and being loud in a small market sort of media. Do you see him doing this once drafted? You you see this continuing then for a long for Depending Papa Bell? Where it's at. Really? Or if he if he went to let's say Philly, scooped him up, mm-hmm. or on Orlando or Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn would be interesting because New York's a huge huge market. I can see him just being loud, being like, "This coach is ridiculous," etc. I mean, it, it, he can just say some some stuff like that. And like, let's say it was Orlando that drafted him, uh, their team that's not doing really well. Uh, I, I definitely think he could. Uh, not to say he's got any weight or pull, but I mean, I can see Orlando media putting putting uh, microphones in, in this dude's face the entire time. Sorry about that. Pause. Um, so yeah, no, I could see a a, a, tea, a city like Orlando, uh, where where their the media market is just sort of thirsty for any anything that they can get their hands on. I see Lavar becoming a a, a sideshow. Where it's if it was in a a larger media market like a New York and L A type thing, they would just eat him alive. Like they would just sort of ridicule him into the dirt. Like I don't think he, if let's say with the Knicks. Uh, I, I don't think Lavar can call any shots in New York. They he, they would have his his face on the back page every day, making an ass clown out of him. Essentially, the same way that they do a great like Phil Jackson. I think, and I hear where you're coming from. I think on the pro level, 
this is the flavor of the week because it's so different in the collegiate game, and we have March Madness going on to hype mm-hmm. up things right now. I think on the pro level, in the 82-game season, no matter what the fucking market we're talking about, I think he gets silenced, either on purpose by the local media or the national media, or by the team, but you will not hear... <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, you will not hear uh, of a, a player's father disrupting things in terms of the media directly. I don't think he even gets the opportunity to. I think that it's a different level of media attention when you talk about professional athletes versus collegiate, and I don't see him being able to handle it or or being even asked anymore. I, th- I think it's too late where he's already made himself a sideshow. As soon as uh, yeah, the first week of the season goes by, the first two weeks, and his yeah. son's playing... Five minutes a game, mm. uh, and someone like, "Oh, hey, Lavar, what do you what do you think about uh, what's going on with your son only playing five minutes, and, and the team's still losing?" They're, they're just gonna sit back and smile and let that that dude just promote stupid headlines just to to cause all kinds of drama with whatever team it is. I hear you, and I think that will happen to a certain extent. But what I see happening at the fifth game of the season, it's still early November and whatnot for let's say Orlando or or Philly or whoever. I see the organization taking uh, taking him aside and being like, "Hey, listen, uh, that, we're paying though. we're paying your son millions." You that, that's a that becomes a big thing. Then you now you're if, if if the kid's supposed to be an adult, either what essentially is going to come to is we're gonna it's going to come on Lonzo. Lonzo, well, yeah. Lonzo's gonna be like, "Hey, Dad, shut the fuck up." But but I think that pressure is either going to come directly from the organization or through him. Remember this kid. And he seems like he comes from a fairly good background, but not mega rich or whatever. You're now getting millions of dollars and you have some fame. And you're a professional athlete. You're going to want to fit in, obviously, with your peers who are a little bit older and also professional athletes. Been doing this for a little bit longer. And you're now in the pro game and you're getting checks of tens of thousands of dollars each week. Everybody is going to come at him, from the coaching staff to the actual owners saying... You got to get your dad to shut the fuck up. Otherwise, this may not be the right fit for you. That pressure alone will either have the family talking to him, or someone, one of the goons, talks to him. Yeah, the son's got to talk to the dad to be like, "Shut the fuck up! You're creating a distraction." Because the locker room's gonna—I think the locker room is gonna when uh, when Lonzo's sitting on the plane or on the bus by himself and ain't nobody talking to him because the dad is criticizing the starting mm. point guard, saying, "Yeah, my son should be starting over him." And everything, blah blah blah, trashing uh, D'Angelo Russell, or yeah, whoever, yeah. Or whoever it might be. Yeah, ain't nobody gonna talk to him on the team. He's That's gonna fair. be sitting on the bus by himself, sitting on the plane by himself, with nobody to interact with, and he's just gonna become pretty much a leopard. Just, yeah, that's and, fair. And, and it's gonna be his father's fault. So unless he comes up and as a man says, "Dad, you need to shut the fuck up," and he's gonna have to do it in front of a fucking camera. Yep. Uh, just so everyone would be like, yeah, it's about time this 18-year-old stopped letting his, his dad or, I mean, I don't know if he's 18 or 19 or whatever, but this uh, young adult uh, stopped letting his father make decisions and, and and stop leeching off of him, then that's when he's going to start winning his own or start to separate and cut the umbilical cord from his father because it seems like the father's got all these kids on a leash because we have, yeah. the sons have been he pretty does. quiet. He does. I heard the one son give a statement about... Uh, yeah, most a lot of black people. A lot. I don't even know. I don't. I, well, I don't want to say black people. He said a lot of uh, men don't have father figures in my life in their lives, but my father thinks I can do anything or whatever. So, 
there's some good to that, but I, I think maybe that's the wrong note to be trying to hit. Well, you're talking about the younger siblings, right? I can't remember which one it was, but okay. I remember one of them said something in response to how his dad had been acting, and he and he responded by saying, "Well, my there's a lot of people without without father figures in their life. He's Mine there. is in my life, yeah, and he thinks I am capable of doing anything and everything and being the greatest at whatever." It's I'm gonna. I'm not going to comment on the kids because I don't know how that family dynamic works for the ones who, the one who, or the two who aren't in college, uh, who are minors. Mm. Um, and I don't think they should even really be getting a microphone in front of them and all of that. I mean, that, that gets into a whole different dynamic. But I want to switch gears a little bit with you. I was actually listening to another really great podcast, uh, Jacoby and um, Jalen. Um, and Jalen Rose who's pretty insightful, brought up an interesting point. I want to get your take on it. I don't know if you've heard this already. How would you feel about LeVar Bell, Papa Bell, if it was Mrs. Bell doing the exact same antics? And not how, not only how would you feel, how do you think the reaction and treatment would be? Would it be identical to the the clown, laughable sentiment that not only the media and most fans have for him um or not she would be dismissed sort of as just like ha 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 that's that's cute or whatever um unfortunately probably because she's a woman that's what i think would sort of kind of maybe subtly get played into like yeah it's the mom the mom Mm. wants to see her son do well and mom i think that's a little bit different than when the dad is doing it Cause it's like, it is different, yeah. Because I think a lot of people perceive it as the dad is trying to make up for his failures as, as an athlete himself through yep. his son. And so they sort of see his, him leeching on and uh, driving the kid all crazy and, and uh, pretty much looking at the, the kid as a meal ticket. Different but, tone, though, wouldn't you say? Yeah. If, if, because I'm just going to say, we've all seen... Kevin Durant's mother be very vocal at, some, at times when he was with OKC. I haven't seen her as much in in, in uh, Golden State, mm-hmm. but uh, regardless, especially when he was younger, you know. Um, a few other examples I can't think of off the top of my it's head. So funny, we were talking. It just cl- cracks me up uh, that we were talking about all these like father son combinations. We leave out fucking Steph. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, that's a perfect one in terms of. Del Curry was a legitimate veteran star for, you know, Charlotte for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously has this son, two yeah. sons playing in the NBA. Great example. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, Aisha Curry, you know, just stay with the Warriors a little bit, was very vocal about missed calls and whatnot. Took more heat for that. People, yeah, some people go out at women pretty harsh. Yeah, like, it's and weird. she's lovable. Like, yeah. I would say, out of all of the players' wives, she's one of the most beloved and public figures. Prior to some of her speaking out last year, she's pretty. She's light skin. And she's uh, <laughs> red bone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that that sort of plays into it. Uh, that's an interesting take on things. I'm trying to sort of run through my head at other people's like for sort of uh significant others. Um, but yeah, I think it, there is a different dynamic at play when it's a, uh, mother figure saying these things and making claims or giving suggestions when it's a father. Um, one for me, mainly the reasons I sort of touched on before, where it seems like, uh, they're looking at them as, as a, uh, meal ticket 
and to uh, try to supplement for their failures in their own personal, professional, athletic career. Yeah. It, very interesting, though. I, I, I thought that, uh, and Jalen agreed, you know, he said very similar things. And I was like, well, wow, if if that was, you know, Mrs. Bell, how would it be re- uh, perceived? And how would even I think about it? You know what yeah. I mean? Who knows, though? Um, good topic. Uh, let's stay with some of the sports dynamic stuff. Um, so the second one on our list, this was interesting to me. There, I didn't know this prior, but uh, we don't talk about a whole lot of NHL. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about a whole lot of soccer either. <laughs> but it gets into some political stuff um, with sports and society. The female NHL professional league and the female women's soccer league in this country um, have some concerns, uh, very vocal concerns, about uh, pay equity when it comes to those athletes versus the male athletes. Um, I want to, I guess, unpack this a little bit because it's a very interesting concept. I'm not as familiar with the pay structures for and the revenue sharing for pro uh, uh, soccer and mm-hmm. hockey here in this country per se. I'm a little bit familiar, but I'm much more familiar with the dynamic between, and we've touched upon this before, the WNBA and the NBA, and I think there are parallels there. What are your thoughts on... Whether there should be um, some across the board, basically, for lack of a better phrase, Title IX equity when it comes to revenue for professional athletes uh, based on gender. No, it well, it's a it's a business and everything. I mean, professional sports is a business. I mean, we'll leave out the college element of it because college is a is a business in its way, even though they don't want to call themselves a business. True. It's an institution for higher learning, blah, 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 even though it's sort of a, a, a cover front for a business that's actually being run off these athletes. Um, I don't know for sure. I think we'll have to maybe get a, a shout-out from Dirty Stew. He might know uh, how soccer works. I don't think there's any sort of salary cap. They just if they want to spend X million dollars on getting Beckham, they can go ahead and do it. They just have that money, I guess. If they want to spend it, they can spend it. Um, in terms of, I mean, it's it's all about the money you bring in. If the WNBA or the, the WNHL or the uh, women's national, uh, national team is bringing in the exact same revenue dollar figure share that the men are in that sport, I have no problem with them getting as much as they should be paying with the male counterparts, but they're not bringing in nearly as enough money. They're they're not. ESPN's not buying contracts to uh, televise on on primetime games between the Spurs and the and the Warriors. They're not uh, promoting watching the uh, women's Stanley Cup Finals and everything. We're not getting a bazillion different commercials. We're not seeing. Uh, shoe deals and Nike promoting all these people. So why should someone be gifted a, a, a paycheck just because of what's going on on the other side of the fence? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a much bigger business over there. So why are you expecting to get what, what it is to be paid on this side of the fence? I hear you. I feel for these athletes to a certain extent. Um it's got to suck. I mean, I know that they are busting their asses, you know, doing crazy workouts, um, practicing their craft, honing their skills all the fucking time, doing, dealing with travel, you know, family dynamics, tra- all of that stuff that a professional athlete does. Mm-hmm. 
They just are in a different league that less people watch. Yeah. There's less eyeballs and there's less money exchanging hands, you know, less right. jerseys being sold, all of that. It's not their fault that they, they're in a league that has less revenue, but economics is economics. Yeah. And I, I just don't see, because again, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm much more familiar with the WNBA-NBA dynamic. And as I've said before, and I confirmed this with my own goddamn research, there's plenty of articles you can find, the WNBA is heavily subsidized by the NBA. Oh, yeah. There would be no WNBA. In fact, in our lifetime, there have been two women's uh, U.S. teams that have folded financially because they couldn't make it. And even after 20 years of the WNBA, most insiders believe there would be no WNBA if not for the NBA doing that subsidizing. Oh, yeah. And I think the WNBA is much more profitable than uh, the women's soccer and women's NHL. Um, in terms of their revenue and whatnot and what they can pay their athletes as a whole. If not, it's very comparable. I don't know what... I, the only one I would compare it to is the women's national team. Uh, I know... I mean, I know that they sell out the venues that they play in. Definitely. I don't know how often they play per year. I don't know... Well, see, that's a little different. That, that. That, it, it's, it's not the same one-to-one relationship as Major League Soccer and the women's national team, per se. Because... Okay. It would be like basically Major League Soccer, but the Women's League. And NHL, but the Women's League. Okay. You know, kind of a, a direct one-to-one relationship, right. regardless of like Olympic status or a national team that goes and plays Mexico and Argentina every two or three years. Right. But um, I will say this, and there's no shade whatsoever, and I think we've mentioned it a couple times. Serena, being the motherfucking face <laughs> of tennis, deserves more money. Than any American, and maybe more money than any a soccer or a tennis player. Period. Uh, Nadal and some of the other folks that are who are foreign and whatnot, they're not American. They they do they do well, but I think I see Serena basically getting eyeballs to watch tennis who don't give a flying fuck about tennis. Yeah, Serena should. I'm, I'm curious to find out. I guess how much she earns. On a yearly thing, I can't think of another woman off the top of my head that should be making comparable to her. Exactly, but I, my major point though is, I think she should be making more than any other tennis player. Period, regardless of genitalia, you know. Yeah. Um and I, I'm on board with that based on the economics of her being must see TV. You know, I'm, I'm saying that supposedly she's the was the highest highest paid female athlete over the last twelve months, um, which good it finally better should be. Yeah. I know it was. Uh, I thought it for a while it was uh, with Sharp, not Sharapova, probably with the girl, the the Russian chick that she crushes like every time that they face off each other. She's she's a cute chick, but yeah, goddamn, yeah, she can't play. I, and I would imagine. I mean, I don't know what the men tennis. I mean, with tennis, you sort of. I don't know what the the prize money is for the women's side of an event of Wimbledon versus the male side of the event. For yeah, Wimbledon is. I believe, sure. and you know, we don't quote me, quote me, because we'd have to double check this. But I believe that they are they are very close to, if not even, you know, uh, women's tennis is serious shit, and you know they they've earned the uh, and earned and proven their worth financially in terms of uh, 
television revenue. You know what I mean? That's what it's really all about. Yeah. Merchandise as well. Yeah. You Serena's know? the only one I'll, I'll turn in to watch a, a woman's or pretty much any tennis. And, yeah, any tennis. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. So and then we had Federer and Nadal face off. But a couple months ago, for and I had no interest in watching zero that. fucks. Yeah, zero. Fucks I was up at three in the morning or whatever. I was like, "It's on." Yeah, for the Australian Open, I, I actually watched that. So if you have a WNBA, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, or whatever, who's yeah. must see TV, maybe I I'm willing to say, it, just because things are the way they are, doesn't mean that they always will be. Right. Um, you could have a charismatic athlete, female athlete that gets men and women to start watching more. But till then, I yeah, don't know. You, you have to. I mean, essentially, you have to increase the flow of money into your sport somehow to uh, increase the amount of paycheck that you take home from that business. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? Um, I remember when the WNBA hoped that Brittany Grinder or Griner yeah, was, yeah. was going to be. I mean, she could dunk and everything. But she's a thug ass yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? She had some crazy issues too, like off the court. D- domestic violence. Yeah, paternity. Paternity stuff and yeah, or maternity. I don't know how you pronounce yeah. I mean, maybe it's maternity. I don't know. She's got some <laughs> she got some issues. That's all I'm trying to say. And she's not the face of your league, no. you know. Anyway. Um so I mean let us know your thoughts on that too. You know, hit us up on Twitter or whatever. But uh switching gears again. Beast mode. Wants to play for the Raiders. You know I'm happy about uh, this. Okay, it, it's a little bit complicated than that. Supposedly, I mean, he was on, his agent was on the, the radio today <laughs> saying that, uh, I mean, obviously every athlete wants to play in front of their home crowd. Yes, yes. Um, you Raider fans are, are <laughs> on some strong <laughs> Kool-Aid. We love Marshawn, though. Marshawn, Marshawn's great. Marshawn's great. But, but, uh, but there's special love. Literally, I want you to know this, and you may not be aware, every Raider fan on the planet has said to themselves out loud, and usually multiple times, especially as you get more and more drunk watching the games, Marshawn should have been a Raider a long time ago. He, he just fits with the Raiders. He yep. just has never been in the silver you and black. You could have had him, but you didn't. We've made some poor decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, okay. I don't I, I don't understand why you let Latavius just walk. That, yeah, that doesn't make any, any sense. Uh, you could have had Lynch. I mean, you could have had a discount when he left Buffalo. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, he was, essentially was, was picked up by Seattle for peanuts. He was. And, uh, I mean, first of all, just to address some of these crazy Raider fans <laughs> that are photoshopping the image of him wearing the number 24. Stop. <laughs> Twenty four is Woodson's number. Yeah, yeah. You I don't understand that. what what you guys are doing with that. That's disrespectful to <laughs> Charles Woodson, a guy that actually played for your team, and he'll probably get his number retired uh, in the. There's no probably. Uh, it'll, it'll get retired in the Vegas Stadium. Is oh, what's how dare you! But um, it, it would be cool to see and, and everything. Essentially, is he going to be good? He's uh, beast mode. <laughs> I mean, he, even if okay. I hear you. He's a little bit older now, but he's still going to eat Skittles. He's still going to go, you know, do his his thugnificent awesomeness. Could you imagine the interviews alone? Could you imagine him doing the kind of the Lambo leap into the black hole? This is this writes itself. You're crazy. You're all living on hopes and dreams right now. He hasn't played football in over a year. Brett Favre came back. Brett Favre's different. It's, it's a quarterback. It's not an everyday impact, take and hit position. I mean, essentially, 
uh, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is a better running back. Has a bet has had a better career. Has been a better running back than Marshawn Lynch. That's not debatable. I see you trying to debate it. That's not debatable. Adrian Peterson has fallen off. No, no, don't even. There's nothing that Marshawn Lynch has done better except win a ring. Oh, it should have, would have, could have been too. <laughs> but Peterson essentially can't find himself a team right now. Peterson was trying to play last year. Peterson's in football. Peterson is the probably one of the best football athletes, best athletes I've ever seen in my life, other than Bo Jackson himself. Marshawn is no fucking slouch. I agree. And I would say he is all we're talk okay, let's back up a little bit. We're talking about two I don't know how we got into the comparison of <laughs> Peterson and Lynch. Two Hall of Fame first ballot running backs. Are you agreed in that? I would have to see Lynch's career stats. Okay, take take a look at them if you need to. I, I mean, I, I know Lynch how dominant was, he's been, but I, it just seems like Lynch was a beast. That, I don't know if he would get in first ballot. He should get in. I don't know if he would get in first ballot. I mean, even in the perception of people's minds in terms of his career, you know, because like they just they just let Terrell Davis in. Terrell Davis had two thousand yards. I would say Terrell oh, Davis yeah. arguably could have had a. I mean, obviously, it wasn't as long as Lynch's, but to say, but career, uh, Lynch wasn't at a really an elite level. I would say until he got to Seattle, he was good in in Buffalo. Ooh, he had I, some nice okay, years. I would, I would definitely say he was in the top four, top five backs, even while in Buffalo. I think he didn't get a lot of visibility in Buffalo because the team was awful, but he was a top three to five. Nowhere lower than the fifth worst back in the league those years in Buffalo. Now, maybe not his rookie year, per se, but you know, year two through six in Buffalo, he was a beast. He was the only thing there. They ran him. Yeah, but I mean, it's Buffalo. Oh, jeez. They got got a score. They are both Hall of Famers. I will say that. But don't, you can't. If you go ahead and one of them a contract, same years, same terms. Whatever. Same year like this year or same year like the beginning of their career? No, this year. Be like, all right, we got enough money to sign uh, Beast Mode. Or and I'm Oakland? And you're Oakland. You're oh, Oakland. I'm going Beast Mode every fucking time. <laughs> do, do you understand the the Coliseum throwing Skittles is something I've never seen in my entire life. It would rain down Skittles from the sky. That would It's just perfect. So you just want tourist attraction shit. You're, you're not about productivity. Yeah. You don't care about wins. Beast mode. Be, could you imagine the locker room interview? It, emotional some leader. Ex, some XFL type Emo, Emotional leader. Him emotional car, leader. It'd be, so, it'd be beautiful. And the other thing is, I mean, for those of you who don't know, you should already goddamn know, from Oakland product, Went to Cal, literally played with Aaron Rodgers, outshined him in a lot of ways, and got into the golf cart and started doing the ghost ride, the whip, in the golf cart. Look it up on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. It was beautiful. Oh, boy. Beast mode, silver and black. Make it happen. Hashtag it out. <laughs> um, let's, let's switch gears back to hoops, man. Okay. Bron Bron. Cleveland. I'm going to just say Bron Ron is the coach. Because Tyrone Lue, yeah. he, he's literally Mr. Uh, getting stepped on and walked over by Iverson. He is not in control of this team. Jeez. Never was. Yeah. Cleveland isn't San Antonio with Popovich, Papa Bear, best coach in the NBA. Um, 
leading and saying, hey, you know, my veteran players that are 40 years old, I'm going to rest them on certain nights. Fuck what the league's saying. And pop gone pop. Yeah. Basically, Cleveland is trying to do that, but doing it in a very awkward way and resting relatively young stars. How do you feel about this? I think it's... Uh, well, there's there's two ways... To, well, there's there's many different angles to, to uh, have an opinion on this. In terms of, as a coach, you want your team to win. So if you think that resting your people on a night helps you win, <laughs> then I have no issue with that, and I don't think the league should interfere with that. Um, for the reasons that they want to rest, I mean, <sighs> Kyrie's not old. No. Kyrie... I mean, he's, what, been, healthy this, he's been healthy this year. I mean, I understand, like, I, I understand love getting rest. Love just came back from an injury. Want to ease him back into it. Well, just to distinct, make a distinction. There's a, there's a difference between rest and playing reduced minutes coming off of injury. But go ahead. Okay, yeah. I mean, rest and reduce, whatever. You can't get injured if you're not on the court. So if, if you're trying to, okay, whatever, give you an extra day, extra day breather to let your body recover, yeah. then I'm for that. I mean, essentially, yeah, uh, we're not going to play you 48 minutes. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have an injury in the, in the 20 minutes that you play. I yep. mean, we, we saw Bogut go out there for 58 seconds and, and tear his knee up just, that was ugly. just on jumping. So yep. if you want to try to protect your, your assets by saying, okay, uh, we're going to cut down on your minutes by not playing you this game. I don't have an issue with that. I do think it's a little bit fishy where you're doing to to all three of them at the same time in select cities like mm-hmm. Miami and like Los Angeles. I, that sort of raises my eyebrow in terms of like, okay, what's really going on? Uh, are you are are the are they? I, I don't know. Were they even at the game? Because I know one of the games, one of the times where That's LeBron and them were at, were taking a rest or whatever, he wasn't even at the game. He was somewhere. Doing something with it might have been one of the games in Chicago. He's out chilling or doing something, but I have an issue with that um, in terms of like public perception. Yep. Um, in terms of who's actually running the team. I mean, oh yeah, uh, coach, uh, we're we're just going to take the night off uh, in Miami just because for the hell of it, or we're going to take the night off in LA just because whatever. You can take the night off uh, when we're in Milwaukee, maybe. Or uh, <laughs> or uh, Memphis, maybe? non high profile yeah, cities. Charlotte, if you want. But in these big name cities, I, it sort of raises my eyebrow. Now, a lot of people, talking heads, want to attack it from the whole. Well, I pay top dollar and ticket prices. That's the risk you take. Mm. I, I think it's a lot of, and not to go on our whole dream on slave mentality aspect of it. Yeah. I think it's a sort of sense of entitlement that some of these fans seem to have that's saying, like, well, I paid X amount of dollars. And this, the tickets are pretty expensive. So I, Very expensive, I, yeah. I, I understand that and, and want to see it. But that's the risk you take. I mean, if if all of a sudden during warm-ups LeBron hurts his knee or pulls a hamstring, are you going to be pissed off at the, at the organization or at the league about what happened? Like, you go to the game – expecting to see the team yeah you want to see the players and you know the price that you pay there there's some there's there's things that can happen i'll go to i go to baseball games it can fucking rain yeah it might not, it might not be a baseball I, game i get that i think from the fans perspective though um they make they know that there is a possibility of injuries injuries happening but from an average joe six-pack i hate to use that phrase but joe six-pack perspective I go to work every day. You know, I'm not a professional athlete, but 
I go to my nine to five for the most part, 98% of the time, 99% of the time. Um, you're making millions. This is what they're thinking. You're making millions of dollars. Yes, you're playing 82 games over the course of six months or whatever, but you wanted to be a professional athlete. You're, you know, you basically won the genetic lottery and you're playing professional basketball. Is it too much to ask for you to play a game in said city? Just like pretty much everybody. I mean, the, 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 Everybody else has played 82 games if they were healthy throughout all of pro basketball's, you know, last yeah, 20, 30 yeah. years. It's just that sort of sense of entitlement. I, I paid my $300, now jump high, boy. Go put that ball through the hoop. No, you go racial. Run, boy. <laughs> do all, it didn't say anything, but it's sort of the entitlement that, that they have yeah. in terms of, like, I paid my money to watch you do this. You are going to do this. Mm. I don't care how you feel today. You're going to do it because I... I paid. I have this piece of paper that says uh, I'm expecting it. But how are they? I mean, is this truly something where you feel it's strategic over the long run, or is this players just quote unquote need a day off? And it and there is a precedent because I want to also mention this in baseball for the veteran players, the little older players. I remember when, like you know, I went to a few A's games and Ricky Henderson didn't play or Jose Canseco or whatever. Every now and again, a veteran player, you know, throughout that 162 game season, that's 162. That's I hear you, but I'm just saying the coaches, hey, you're, you're off. Yeah. You know, you're off the, this one or whatever. You don't have to play this this fourth game. Yeah. You know, 162 is a little bit different in the way baseball schedules work are are crazy different. In but, terms the, of, but the fa- and I agree because they play almost every single day. Yeah, but the fans for baseball don't seem to give a single solitary fucking never squawk about that. Basketball seems very different. Well, because it's a it's sort of a sense of, I mean, combined with, like I said, the hot, the the skyrocketing ticket prices in mm. terms of where it is that you want to want to sit and 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 everything you want to be as close to the court so you can take uh, photos and hear these actual players talk and and do whatever. So um, it, it's just not like that in 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 baseball. Essentially. You're not that close to the field where yeah. you're hearing these pa- these people talk, and you can maybe have one of these players dive in your lap and and stay and be right next to you when they inbound the ball. So I, it's just that they with, with baseball they they just they sort of understand. Yeah. Um, where basketball is just sort of like they want that gratification, that instant gratification. Uh, oh yeah, I, I want a great. High scoring game. I want to see dunks. I don't want to see a low scoring defensive. Yeah, defensive struggle with uh, people walking up the court yeah. and uh, shooting a fifteen foot shot at the elbow. They don't want to see that. They want to see Steph hit the three. They want to see LeBron drive down the, uh, the lane and dunk it. Well, also though, basketball fans are very spoiled, and I, I think you touched upon it a little bit, but I want to go one step deeper. I think that people. Uh, who follow basketball, want everybody to be Westbrook, want everybody to be Jordan, want everybody to be Kobe in terms of that mentality, and Duncan as well, obviously, where they have this mentality of, I'm going to show up and play at 2,000% every single fucking night. And I believe, especially when you talk about Cleveland, and LeBron is the best or, you know, 1B or 1A or whatever with the best player in the entire fucking world, people expect that level of superstar, not talking about Kyrie quite yet or anybody else on the team, but that level of superstar to have an intensity, even in the regular season, 
that you're seeing from these young studs as well. And for whatever reason, Braun Braun, maybe it's from this latest championship, I don't know, but since he is the owner, or not owner, the the <laughs> manager and star player and GM for Cleveland, regardless yeah. of what you know his paycheck says, I think there's disappointment. A collective disappointment in him not being more blue collar tough, for lack of a better phrase. He was. He's always had that. He's and to me. He's always been soft. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the way he just flops around, and for a guy that's six eight, two fifty, two seventy, whatever, however big he he is, getting getting poked, and he acts like he he's shot like a soccer player and everything. So people always get get at him about that, about his his whining and his crying and stuff. So I I mean. This sort of feeds into that narrative about oh he's constantly whining and and in agony on the floor on these little fucking touch fouls and stuff and now all of a sudden oh I'm tired I need rest and et cetera et cetera and but I I really do think it goes back to people having a sense of entitlement yeah. I mean I want to I want to see him play every day and, and not take any days off meanwhile they go to work. Or whatever, slacking off, yeah, yeah, solitaire on the computer, hoping the boss don't catch them. And there shit you like go. That. But they they expect that because I paid for this piece of ticket. There you go. You're going to entertain me. It's it's, it's a circus mentality. That I don't want to go fully dream on and say it's a it's a slave ownership mentality, but it it's sort of a, a circus yeah. mentality, and they they're expecting to be entertained, and if they don't, they're not entertained to their liking by. This act by this tiger over here, this <laughs> this this uh, giraffe, then they're upset. They, yeah. they didn't want to see the whole circus. They didn't want to. They don't care. If, Just a if, star. If Cleveland ends up winning or losing the game, they want to see. I, I came to see that magical shark over there. Why isn't that shark out doing whatever it's supposed to be doing today? Yeah, I will say this too, um, and I love the differential to a certain extent, but it's so glaring, especially this time of year between playoff basketball. And late post, uh, late season post All Star break basketball, mm-hmm. because you kind of you're not really going through the motions, but you're only going at 85 percent for most players. Kind of know where it is that you're going to be in the playoffs. Yep, not not specific seed, but you you'll see uh, teams that are sort of kind of locked into that mid four, five, six range. They're kind of they sort of know what's going on. Okay, we're two games up. Okay, well we play half ass. Whatever we we're still up a game and a half. Yeah. Now the now the teams that are on the cusp on the nine yeah. ten spot and maybe make the, making the playoffs. I'm not saying they're not playing hard, right. but I don't see anywhere close to the same level of intensity that you would see in the playoffs. You will never see this bullshit in the playoffs happening. I think most savvy NBA uh, fans, even the ones that are feeling entitled, know that, and probably that leads to some frustration too. We shall see. Yeah, I mean, we, and has this even strategy even legitimately worked per se? I would say for San Antonio, San Antonio again with much older veteran players. You know, San Antonio's last title was what four, three, four two years, years ago. ago, really, right? Because uh, no, four. because remember, last year was Cleveland. Year before that was Golden State. Year before that was oh, then it's, okay, so it's San, three. San Antonio. Okay, and were they doing this active resting thing? Then? Oh yeah, I okay. think I think that San Antonio has been doing I, this. Ever since Duncan got north of 35, 34, okay. I, I, I would say, and Pop's gotten fined for it, for yeah. it, even in the David Stern era, I believe, you know, before Silva was in or Silver was in. So we shall see. I mean, what Popovich and the Spurs do has ripple effects throughout the league. 
I mean, everybody wants to imitate them. I don't give a fuck what you hear in the media. Um, But what's good for the goose isn't always good for the gander. We shall see. Uh, Let's switch it up a little bit. We talked about baseball um, just a tad. I wanted to get, Stitch, your favorite, or no, not favorite, who is the greatest baseball player of all time? Um, okay, well, I sort of try to categorize um, any sort of sport athlete by what I've seen with my own eyes. All right. And everything. So, so you're taking out the last 140 well, years of well, baseball? I just based on highlights and sort of numbers and everything and sort of just my general consensus, I sort of just have Willie Mays. As, so it seems to be... He was really athletic. He hit a lot of home runs. He so you see, sort of, you've seen his highlights. Yeah, basically. he could right. he could sort of do it all and everything. Okay, in, in terms of in, who I would consider the greatest, but in terms of like where I can like actually vouch for and stuff, I would say is King Griffey Jr. King mm. Griffey Jr. was amazing to me uh, in terms of just his ability to just hit the ball effortlessly. He wasn't jacked or looking like he was on steroids or or overly uh, bigger than everybody else, and just his athleticism. In the in the field, in terms of him jumping over walls and catching the ball, so it was, it was always King Griffey for me in terms of what I saw. I mean, that's no shade. I mean, just other people up there were. I mean, obviously Ricky Henderson was the same way. Uh, Ricky Henderson, um, sort of, I watched growing up when I was much much younger. But I mean, his ability to just steal bases was was insane and, and just uh, hit home runs, the greatest leadoff hitter in the game. So uh, Ricky's right up there. But uh, I just I, Griffey just for me. I mean, even stuff that he did off the field in, in terms of I would just want to wear my hat backwards and, oh, and yeah. everything and just he was cool I wanted cool to, as fuck. I wanted to be able to hit left-handed and throw left-handed <laughs> because Griffey made it every Griffey made everything cooler with the exception and, and and each one of them hurt me but with the exception of his injuries I think it would be no contest for me with with Griffey mm-hmm. the injuries were certainly not his fault whatsoever uh, but it kind of gave me this sense of what if almost like a Grant Hill situation yeah. where if not for at least three or four of those injuries, I think he would have had like rege- almost double the, the crazy Hall of Fame stats yeah. that he already has, yeah. once which he, is kind of sad. Once he went off to Cincinnati, I mean, he just had some issues with it. Was hamster- it was just nagging hamstring yeah. injuries. Over uh, and over. Yeah, which really sucked. Uh, you mentioned Ricky Henderson. He was obviously my favorite player, uh, you know, especially that 1990 uh, AL West MVP or AL MVP year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the 89 year when they beat the Giants was perfect. Uh, I'm going to give props to a kind of a newer school player, though, um, in terms of two players really quickly. Uh, Miguel Cabrera mm-hmm. is tied with Barry Bonds for me as the best like pure hitters I've mm-hmm. ever seen with my own eyes. You know I don't watch a whole lot of National <laughs> League baseball, but I like love the way that Barry was able to literally intimidate and punk uh pitchers into throwing him either strikes that he wanted to hit out, you know, out of the park, especially in that 70 home run plus year season. Yeah. Or he would get intentionally walked. It was it was either fucking or. Barry Bonds by far was the most intimidating athlete of all time. Um, you could, uh, and I, him or Mike, I'd have to sort of him or Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson ish. Um, obviously, two different sports: one being a combat sport, another um, being baseball and everything. But in terms of like how people changed and affected your strategy 
nobody ever I, Bonds is on a different different level, different different planet than everybody else. Essentially, when you think that okay, in baseball you get on base a third of the time. If, you if have you're a three thirty three, if you're a Hall of Famer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have a three thirty three average, you you coasting into the Hall of Fame. You are amazing. If you decide, you know what, this guy, I'm just going to put him on base automatically because I just I'm so fearful he's going to send this one four hundred feet in any direction, even if nobody's on base. Yeah, and just walk him. I there's a time, and I'd have to bring up the exact game. They intentionally walked a run in. Because yes. they did not want to give him a grand slam to this to this guy, and he broke the record for most walks in a season. It's some it's a record that will not be broken. I'll have to uh, look it up uh, quickly while you're talking um, about what how how many walks it was. But they just int- intentionally walked him, yeah. because there was there was no way they could pitch around him. He was must see TV, and again, I never watched yes. NHL. They would cut or, into each one and every one of his bat. Yeah, bats. it was it was remarkable and amazing. And then obviously Miguel Cabrera triple crown. Uh, just a pure hitter that can do any and everything. And I'm going to actually say it flat out. Miguel Cabrera, if he was named Michael Stone or Michael uh, Rogers or something like that, he would be a much bigger superstar than he is. Who? Miguel Cabrera. Oh, okay. I think something about him being this epic hitter but named Miguel... And, you know, having his accent, I don't know why it works for Big Poppy, you know. <laughs> Something about Miguel doesn't seem like primetime must-see TV for a lot of people who, you know, didn't see him with, like, the Tigers or whatever. But I'm telling you right now, this dude can hit, like, nobody's fucking yeah, business. Yeah, Cabrera's no joke. Um, uh, those that don't know, he's first baseman for uh, Detroit. Um, he, he can crush it. I mean, he's he's a... Amazing hitter, I believe he play, he's playing for the he was playing for the Dominican uh, Republic team uh, for that World Baseball Classic that's going on. I will touch on uh, briefly, uh, short in a few minutes. But uh, Cabrera has been great. Yeah, uh, he's he's and especially for an area like Detroit where there's not that much excitement going on. No. Uh, he's he's must see TV to go to uh, Comerica Park and, and watch he should him play. be he should be a nationally celebrated if you're into baseball or even just into. The idea of baseball, you should be a Miguel Cabrera fan. There should be more jerseys of him throughout the country. Yeah, I, much like we get on folks for claiming to like tennis but not being on like Team Serena. I don't care who you are, you, you can't not like the way yeah. he plays the game. So he's he's up there for me. To, uh, to just throw those stats out there, his intentional walks. He had two hundred thirty-two intentional. I mean, uh, not intentional, but two hundred thirty-two walks in two thousand four. I mean, he's one through three in terms of intentional walks. Uh, from his 232 year, it drops down to 198, yeah. then 177. The only one that's besides him was 170, at, at, which was Babe Ruth. Yeah. So essentially, there's a 50-walk difference between Babe Ruth and then what Barry, then the, the three years that Barry Bonds had up there. Yeah. And much like how we had our discussion last time about Brady... The scandals associated with Bonds kind of overcloud some of his greatness, if we're really honest. Yeah. Um, you know, because immediately you think about his giant forehead and, you know, looking like CeeLo Green or whatever because yeah. of the juicing. And I think he was a great player in, in Pittsburgh and before he, he came to the he Giants. He rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. He was an asshole. Yeah. He, he was a flat-out asshole, not just to the national media. 
He was an asshole to the local media who literally just wanted to kiss the ass of someone who was this great and playing for the Giants. So, I mean, I got no love for him from a personality standpoint. He's a very hard person to like. But baseball-wise, whew, yeah. he was something. And then in that year, uh, I'm seeing that 120 of those walks were intentional. Where yeah. they just said, fuck it. Uh, we're not going to – I mean, there's a difference between a, a regular walk in terms of, like, you're trying to pitch him, yeah. a little bit nervous, just like, nah. I'm just going to – catch or go stand over there. I'm going to throw it to you four times. Just have your base. He was lights out, man. He, he was big-time money. There ain't no doubt about it. Um, we're almost at the uh, start of the NBA. I know we're jumping all over the place with fucking sports, and thank you for keeping up with us, y'all. Um, we're almost at the start of the NBA playoffs coming up mid-April, less than a month out. We know about the Warriors. We know about the Spurs. We know about Cleveland. Those are the big three teams right. that anybody could very easily see winning a championship. They're the last three NBA champions, as we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Who do you see as potential upsetters or non-big three that could win the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end or in June of 2017? Well, I think that... Um, it- it sort of seems to be the several teams. That, I mean, some people say Houston. The professor will be screaming Houston as he's listening to this. Good record. Um, Houston's got a great record. We'll have to see how they do in the playoffs. Um, Harden has an ability not to perform in clutch postseason moments. Uh, Historically. Yeah. I mean, we had that game against the Warriors where he had his 15 turnovers. Yep. Uh, he had the chance for last shot and ends up dribbling off his foot. looking yep. Looking like Mike Tyson looking for his mouthpiece on the ground and everything. Um, even in the, the big game another week ago against uh, the Spurs, he quiet took his lunch. He uh, did. It, the it, claw got him. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm interested to see how the Celtics do. And uh, I'm, I would definitely like to watch the Wizards play. I, I'm hoping that these two teams will rise up in the moment and maybe try to actually uh, take out Cleveland rather than just roll over and die. Like it seems like every other team does in the East. So hopefully uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas will... Will get uh, the rest of the Celtics up to play. Uh, they had these sort of moments where he was talking about or criticizing his coaching in terms of this is game uh, sixty whatever. We need not to be experimenting with stuff in terms of uh, one of the lineups that I believe Brad Stevens put in. Um, so I, I actually like that out of him because he's like, okay, let's get this stuff going for the playoffs. He, he's he's a, he's a nice young leader. Um, Definitely, they're, they're push they're. They need to challenge uh, Cleveland and not be scared of him and punch him in the mouth. Let me say this, piggybacking on something you said earlier in this cast. Boston needs to embrace this little guy. Isaiah Thomas is the closest thing, I know, not physically, <laughs> to Larry Bird you have had in a long fucking time. He's the real deal, a scoring machine, a clutch player. I just don't think he has enough talent around them to beat Cleveland. Yet. Yeah, I, I don't think that they... I could see them winning one or two games. I can't see them taking any in Ohio, per se, with a healthy Cleveland. Yeah. Um, the Wizards could make things interesting. They have disappointed and been shit <laughs> in the playoffs and have fooled me many a time <laughs> these past few years. I like John Wall, but he's a space cadet. <laughs> he doesn't seem focused enough. I want You know what it is? On paper, he should be uh, Lillard or CP3. Right. And at times he is. And then at other times, I don't know who the fucking guy is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't seen very many games of theirs. I will be very honest this year. 
but I've followed their record, and they've been on a winning streak. I mean, they have been playing very well and moving up in the ranks, yeah. you know. Um, so I give it to those two teams as the biggest threats to Cleveland in the East. Obviously, you know, you know I'm no fan of the Pacers. They're, they're not doing <laughs> shit on shit. Toronto, I, I still feel like they don't have enough firepower, yeah. you know. And we will see. In the West... San Antonio and the Dubs. I mean, that, those are the only real threats. Yeah. But Houston, under the right circumstances, can potentially push either one of those teams to six or seven games. Yeah, um, I can see that. And I think even that is a victory because that literally means you win at least two, maybe three games and make them think about some things. So we shall see. That's a good point. I don't see Houston... Uh, getting swept by the best. No. I don't see that. No, they, they've made a change in their uh, coaching and philosophy. And uh, in terms of Harden, just made uh, has been great in terms of changing his, his game and not being a uh, clock-eating machine. In yeah. terms of him just dribbling the ball and doing whatever he wants to. He's leading the league in assists. He's, he's evolved as a much better player this year. Yes. Still, and I know the professor is, you know, rah-rahing and cheer, <laughs> cheerleading him, but... Still needs to get his turnovers down. Yeah. He, he's still capable any night of giving you a triple-double with 10-plus turnovers. Yeah. So I, I hate that. Boogie. Yeah, Boogie's a... Well, this happened, I guess, uh, in between our cast, but Boogie was traded to the uh, Pelicans. Yeah, yep. Pelicans. Um, I, they did it in a funny way. Typical... Uh, Sacramento. Oh, man. That, that's hilarious. They, they sort of shipped him out of town. Just kind of like getting fired on your day off. Yeah, yeah, and go on this paid vacation, <laughs> and uh, while you're there, uh, we're going to just clear out your office. Yeah, and <laughs> don't get it twisted. Boogie's a space cadet, too. I mean, he's notorious for being a real idiot, but at the same time, he's also one of the best big men in the league. There's no fucking yeah. doubt about it. Uh, I wish him success playing with Anthony Davis. Uh, that's another great big man. I still don't see them having enough talent or chemistry yet to really make a spark, but... Good for New Orleans. It'd be fun to have that city kind of being being in the mix, you know? Yeah. Uh, they need... This year they'll get a, sort of a pass because whatever, but they need a full year just to get that chemistry going on with uh, Anthony Davis or and Cousins. And uh, if they don't make the playoffs next year, if they're not a sixth seed, uh, Gentry's gone. Oh, certainly. He's, he's certainly. And I like Gentry a lot, but remember two years ago... Uh, Anthony Davis on his own playing like a fucking man yeah. possessed made it to the eighth seed. Yeah, and you know they played against the Warriors. They played tough against the Warriors in that first round yeah. matchup. So it's possible, even yeah. with this level of talent, to do it. Um, especially having Boogie, yeah. there, there's really they, no excuses. Yeah. They they can't get off to a slow start next year. Or he'll be the first coach gone. Yeah, I was gonna say I think the first 25 games, if they don't win at least 16 of those, yeah. he's he's, he's out the door. Yeah. He's out the door. Uh, so we shall motherfucking see. Dirty Stew does not understand college basketball at all. Mm-hmm. I give him a, a pass because he's over in Scotland. Yeah. Um, I shot him a little text, but I'll, I'll just uh, sort of explain it to him. Um, March Madness, uh, I was ironically in Vegas for this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so I got to see crazy March Madness uh, in the in the sports book, casinos and everything. But uh, March Madness uh, is a tournament that occurs in the first, second week of March. Um, where they take the top, well, I don't want to say the top, but they 
I think that's the top. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say the top sixty-eight teams now. Sixty-four. I thought they. Well, they, I thought they expanded. Oh, did they expand one yeah, more outside? Well, yeah. Well, I'll just keep it sixty-four for right now. But uh, sixty-four teams from across the country. Uh, all these college basketball division one, division one teams are seeded and put into a, a single elimination tournament. Uh, and it takes place over uh, the three weekends. Yes, with no home court advantages because yeah. the games are literally all over the country yeah, they're, too. They're scattered around. Uh, they'll play on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you played on Thursday, you play again Saturday. If you played on Friday, you play again Sunday. And in single elimination, uh, you will have these big, huge schools like Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina getting pushed to the limits by schools you've never even heard of, like elon and, and things you and schools you can't even point on the on the map i used to not know where where the hell george mason was yeah. and, and uh and other random ass schools like uh like bucknell and stuff but you, you, these little no-name colleges that just happen to play amazing basketball will go david goliath mode and and eliminate some of these teams well and and really quickly historically one of the great reasons for those upsets was the fact that it's hard to recruit, or I'm sorry, it's hard to do your scouting for a team in the middle of Montana if you're some, even if you're some big powerhouse like Stanford, Duke, or whatever, yeah. because you're not expecting to play, you know, Boise State or yeah. Montana or North Dakota, and that may just happen to have a good squad or a great matchup against your squad yeah. that that particular yeah. game. Based on like you how, never how know they, how they play. Uh, Princeton used to give a lot of teams problems. Yeah, Butler. But yeah, it, it, it was, Gonzaga was a yeah, perfect example. Gonzaga, I mean, Gonzaga's become a powerhouse now, yeah. but I mean, Gonzaga was was one of those those schools that no one really knew anything about until they just kept showing up during March Madness, giving giving people problems. Um, so essentially, like I said before, it's uh and what everyone does is everyone sort of fills out a bracket. Uh, in your office or wherever yeah. it is that you work, you get making a, predictions. Yeah, you make predictions on who you assume is going to be the winner. Yeah. So you just pick schools. Most of the time, it's it's the girl in the office that just picks based on the color scheme of the. Or I like I like this team because they're the penguins. Yeah, uh, and I, I think I don't like the the blue devils because I don't like devils. And, yeah, and they end up being right and winning your your tournament pool. Some people put make, just do it for like shits and giggles. Uh, some offices will put in like five dollars a winner or win the pot and everything, um, so it becomes exciting because you'll be rooting for teams that you never really paid attention to during the course of the year. And even uh, the other thing to point out is even experts don't know what the fuck yeah, is no. going to happen. Yeah, it's madness because it's so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the top seeds have a slightly better chance of running the whole gauntlet and making it either through the final four or winning right. the championship, but. Each team with each matchup could lose yeah. very easily. You had your defending champion last year, Villanova, lose in their second game in the tournament uh, yep. against, against Wisconsin. And Wisconsin normally plays really good. Um, this year, they didn't have all that great of a season. They were uh, an eight seed. Yeah. Um, and just to explain that how the seeds work, there's four different um, um, regions. Regions is a north, south, east, west region, and in each region the teams are seeded one through sixteen. Yep. So an eight seed is just sort of like a eh, team in that region. Yep. And they took out the defending champion from last year, Villanova, which is a, a powerhouse school. So everyone gets a little bit crazy. The peak of it is is during that first weekend when literally there's about nine games on at the same time, and you're just constantly watching, t- just flipping with remotes, TV to TV, like. If, Comparative, I mean, Stu watches football, so he knows on Sunday, yeah, there's eight different NFL games going on like that, but essentially there's 
there, for the first like noon block, there's eight college basketball games, yeah. and when those are done, you're going to get a whole new tier of eight games. I picture day. it like I, I like to picture it like the bowl season for college football, only with each the winner of the bowl games moving on to a different round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But those are single elimination, and they're all and playing are, at the same time. I think that's yeah. what, it, what it is: is you're constantly flipping back and forth. They exactly. have the, the ticker showing. Oh shoot, Stanford's in a battle. Stanford's about to get upset, so you're flicking back and forth trying to. Keep track of everything. Well, unlike with football, and I love obviously both things, for basketball, there's a lot of give and take when it comes to last second shots or one play deciding, you know, that entire game. Yeah. Um, A lucky shot even, or a last minute free throw, or a terrible call, you know, doing your team in. It essentially ends your season. Yeah. Yeah. And you just because of the nature of the game, you have so much of that with basketball. Whereas with football... You know, you can kind of run out the clock the last couple minutes of the <laughs> yeah. game very easily, picking up a couple first downs or running the football, unlike Atlanta <laughs> and the fucking Falcons and their ain't shit ass. You know, so I, that's the madness, too. You know, it, it kind of, all it's all-encompassing. And the fun thing for me is you get all of this craziness and then you get the serious pro playoffs happening pretty much right afterwards. Yeah. You know? So it's it's basketball season, you know, either for college or uh, the NBA, back to back. Sort of like that. I guess it was the premier tournament in soccer or something I'd seen on TV. I don't know shit about it, so I'm just talking on my ass. Okay, I'm gonna say one quick thing about <laughs> soccer, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't like um, the fact that there are so many different uh, high level leagues throughout the world that don't always play each other and you can have a talented premier league player quote unquote a superstar leave and go to a lesser league and quote unquote do well in that lesser league and it's like well fuck that shit (laughs) the nba is the top fucking professional basketball league in the world if you leave the nba and play in china or croatia you're taking a step backwards and you are no longer able to play at an elite NBA level. Soccer is a world sport though. I know you can't the, wrap your brain around this. But make <laughs> one goddamn if, if if it is a world it sport. It involves multiple countries. I don't give a fuck. Take the best the put them where. And I it, to me, I don't care where you put them. For me. I know the travel <laughs> I know the travel is important or whatever. Put you gonna put twenty teams in Italy? I'm gonna say this. I say you put the top thirty or forty teams, whatever it is in yeah. Central Europe or, or wherever and take since, the talent since, from Mexico since, and Argentina and ship them to the Premier League if uh, they're good enough. Central Europe, I mean, we always get our funny geography things with your Nashville type shit, but uh, where in Central Europe are you putting... Put them in Germany, goddammit. In Germany. So Fine. you want 16 teams in a... In and around Germany. You can do Germany, Den- Germany, Denmark. We're dealing with different countries then. Different countries, different yeah, governments, we, different... Toronto has a fucking basketball that is, team. That is... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking one thing. One little, one little city. Raiders played in Mexico City, goddammit. Yeah, they played there for an exhibition game. They didn't get any... any Agree. All I want... Play, 30 teams in a in a fucking country the size of fucking Georgia. Find a way. I hear you. You're you're right. I'm talking about United States, Georgia. Yeah. (laughs) I hear you to a certain extent. All I want, regardless of geography, and I'm sure there's national pride and all that stuff, 
the best players from Germany and Scotland and Argentina and whatnot in the fucking world at this world sport need to play in the top league. Decide what that is and then act accordingly in terms of the best league being the you best league and having these, the best players. You expect these other leagues to just be like, our league sucks, yours is the best, you handle this. Every no, you know what I expect to happen? I expect the top league to be so lucrative and attractive to those players that they're only going to want to fucking play there. Because it's the big time. You know what I mean? Oh, jeez. That's what I expect. And and again, I'm very American. (laughs) I I, I don't get it. it, it, it's, It's to me like I look at the NBA, I look at the NFL, I look at Major League Baseball, I look at even the NHL. I know that they play professionally these sports in other places, but you cannot convince me that any of those other places are superior from a talent and quality level to the top leagues here. It's not the same for MLS versus a Premier League. I'm not saying it is. Well, well that's exactly where I was about to go with it. So yeah. you expect the MLS to just fold and lie on its back and be like, We're, we ain't shit compared to the Premier League. So Premier League, here are all our best players. Premier League, uh, we'll take your C-list players and we'll try to uh, just have at it with, with these guys. You expect... Essentially, that's what they're doing, right? For the most part... All I've heard from soccer fans... Oh, man, we're going off on a tangent. All I've heard from soccer fans, so especially European soccer fans and Latin American soccer fans, is that the MLS has either um, great players that are way past their prime... Uh, yeah. You know, coming back like Beckham was right. not in his prime when he started playing for the Galaxy, or they have young players who are good for America, right. but that, not the top talent in the that's world. That's the only way soccer can survive here. So essentially, your your idea would essentially put soccer extinct in the United States. No, not at all. I think that there would be could, no draw for th- anyone here to watch soccer. I think that's the only reason people watch it is because we get these washed, not to say washed up, but these yeah, washed star, up older stars and be like, oh, come see Beckham play and whatever. And like, oh yeah, no Beckham. I've heard that name. I'll go watch him. But I, but I think you can also have the reverse if you have enough talent, like a young talented player who's becoming a superstar. And leaves the the D League, for lack of a better phrase, of MLS, and goes to play in the Premier League. And you're like, oh, I remember him when he was with the San Jose Earthquakes, and he was a he was great back then. But why would they? How does that bring in money for MLS? Well, you, you then, got to, you got to see him when he was young, but you wouldn't know he was good. And the day he became good, uh, Big Daddy Yankees, whoever it, it called, it, it's just like Chelsea. watching. It's just like watching. Single A and Double A and Triple A baseball. And how many of those stadiums do you see filled up? I don't ever go to Triple A baseball. <laughs> just like I don't support the uh, National League. How, very how many much. Santa Cruz Warrior games you been to? I haven't been quite yet. It's on my to do list. All I'm trying to say is you need one league that is definitively the uh, the top of the the cream of the crop. Oh man, you need it. You can't do that because it's Europe and there's a bazillion different countries. You know, and they, they're all going to... It's going to be like, yeah, ours is the best, ours is the best. They're not going to be... I'm, I'm not saying to take all of the best teams, per se, from Germany and Croatia and all that. I'm saying the top players, you play money ball with these motherfuckers. And you give to the top, 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 top talent the most... Regardless of where they come in the world, the NBA is going to give you more... And you know from a talent standpoint, more competitiveness... You're going to want to play there. You need to make the 
A soccer league that becomes the NBA. I need to see what these soccer figures are because I'm pretty good. Well, they with make big money, huge money right. in the Premier League. Exactly. So how can one soccer league support all these, can buy out these players? Because essentially what you would have to do is you'd have to buy out these players from their existing contracts to get them. And that would be trillions of dollars. It's a world sport, right? Most popular sport in the world. But you're looking at one entity to be like, I have the trillions of dollars. I will take all of these, all of your your athletes, and I don't think they would want to. But who has that? Who can do that? Okay, I don't know. You need per one person. You need one person. You need one country. I don't know per se, and I'm getting way over my head. <laughs> but I think there's a possibility. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But with maybe the Premier League, or maybe or something along those lines. One of these awesome European yeah, leagues I, I to become. I have no idea it. what how much Messi makes or. Ronaldo I, I know that uh, I, I think Ronaldo makes more than like Kobe Suarez. did his last few years yeah. and makes more than LeBron. But these people all over the world, I mean, South America is like, yeah, our, our okay. soccer is better than that. Like, I mean, yeah, that but I, doesn't that bother you a little bit? It no, bothers no. me. I, that's, I what, that's what makes a World Cup so great. You the see World all Cup. these, you see all these, and I, I mean. World Cup is awful. World Cup is not awful. World Cup is the worst thing in the world. World Cup is enjoyable to watch because it's countries who ain't got shit going on for them. Cheering for their their fucking pastime. The only thing that they could possibly have going on for them. Okay, I, I'm not going to hate on that. I'm not going to hate on that. <laughs> I will give you that. There, there's a sense of camaraderie and small nations going up against. I don't really I like care that. about this Premier League type mumbo jumbo because it's just a it's a whatever league. At least when they're playing for the country, I can see that. They, I mean, it's just bananas, and that's. What, I mean, the country going to go crazy. I know when they win, there's going to be riots. B a n a n a n. All right, Dirty Stew, obviously we have a counter question for you. Um, How do we make the Premier League the NBA of soccer and make the other leagues uh, the D-League? Help us do that. Get on it, please. I think that would help. Oh, man. For a sports show, I really don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'll touch you real quickly. (laughs) On the the World Baseball uh, Classic, uh, it's been really enjoyable to watch. We Uh, take our top talent... From the MLB and go to that that uh, World Baseball That's talent because the Dominican Republic can't afford to pay Kershaw a bazillion fucking dollars. Economics, I love it. <laughs> I'm raising my hands, ladies and gentlemen. We take all our people from the poor countries and bring them here. Do the same with soccer. They, sorry, sorry. They, I'm going to the countries. You're calling England poor is essentially what you're doing. Hey, if the pound ain't oh, hitting, they got they got a king and a queen or a queen or whatever that's been alive in 90-something years or whatever. But uh, the World Baseball Classic's been absolutely amazing to watch. I'm going to have to send you some highlights because every, every game has just been some exciting fucking thing. Is Big Poppy on. in this? No, nah, Big Poppy retired. He used to play for Dominican Republic, but he retired from baseball, so he's done. He's too old now. He's too old? God damn it. Yeah, but... Uh, all these, all every game it seems to just come down to some crazy walk off home run, and they've been playing like 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 stick ball. In terms Wait, of like, is it the same rules as, as, as yeah, Major League it's Baseball? It's just country versus country. But is there is there a DH or is there that goddamn pitcher hitting shit? I think it's a DH. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm down with this. But essentially, like. They're celebrating. They're getting hyped. There's all kinds of bat flips and there's passion. Yeah, there's passion. There's a lot of shit talking going on or whatever. They had this one play where the catcher threw out the guy stealing second. The dude before he even caught the ball and tagged him was pointing at the catcher because he knew he made a bomb ass throw. He's like he catches it and just like celebrating before he catches because he knew he was gunned out. Uh, USA had a great play where uh, Adam Jones robbed this home run uh, over the wall and it's been taking place in the United States. It was in, uh, 
they've been put in a really cool spot. They uh, had first round you know Miami, so you have a lot of. It's real easy. It's a real uh, highly Hispanic uh, population there. So I mean, you watch you watching Puerto Rico play Dominican Republic. I mean, Miami Stadium is packed. That stadium, I think they said, has never sold out before for Major League Baseball games, and it's packed for this international games. Uh, even they, the last couple games were in uh, San Diego. Um, it's just been crazy, just nonstop exciting plays, walk offs, just people hitting home runs and just getting hyped like the whole. Dugouts rushing out in the field it, after like regular ass home runs. Are these are these like best uh, two out of three series or best uh, four uh, of seven? It's or? Sort of they they played they had sort of brackets where they each played each other and the best I guess two teams in each bracket went to the, I guess the elimination round which mm. is where they're in now. Okay, and then uh, the United States played uh, the Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic was the heavy favorite. They won last year. And uh, we ended up beating them. That's where Adam Jones robbed the home run in the ninth inning, and then they had they ended up winning. So Dominican Republic essentially was eliminated. Cabrera's on that team. They they were the heavy favorites to win. The United States has some really good people. Um, and then we're playing. The United States is playing Japan today. So that's Ichiro's team for the baseball ignorant like you. <laughs> and then uh, that's the only Japanese player <laughs> I know that was noteworthy. So yeah. And then, uh, Puerto Rico played yesterday. And uh, they had this one funny play where, it, just because they they were too busy celebrating, this dude hits a single or whatever. Yeah, he's all hyped up, just a random single or whatever. The guy tries to score at home, doesn't score, so the catcher has the ball, and the dude's like, "Yeah, celebrating, not paying attention." Catcher guns it to first and tags the dude out while he's like not that. paying attention, and everyone's just like fucking. The whole stadium's going bananas, ape shit. It's it's a really soccer type atmosphere, except it's baseball, which is really cool to fucking see. I, I like everything. You've hyped it up. I like what I'm hearing you about it. You, you, watching the whole game might not be for you, but definitely go back and watch some of these highlights when you see it on SportsCenter. Well, what I love is I like the passion between, especially the Caribbean countries, because yes. most people don't know where fucking... I mean, Americans <laughs> are really ignorant on geography. We've already proven that on this show mo- yeah. multiple times. Um, and they don't they can't find these places on a map per se, but yeah. I mean there's so much talent coming out of the Dominican Republic or whatever yeah. and Puerto Rico and yeah, whatnot. Cuba, all those. Um but you know, we're also very ignorant in terms of the national differences and cultural differences between the Latin American countries and how most don't like each other. Yeah. It, it is it's fascinating to me because I'm in like uh, I think it's Daniel and Gian's talk shit group or whatever yeah. and you know, they're talking about Dominicans versus Puerto Ricans and I'm like <laughs> Oh, okay. This is this is a thing here, you know. But at the same time, I'm sure North and South Nigeria don't like each yeah, other. Exactly. And I, I I couldn't tell you shit about that. And I bet you nobody on this planet could, besides people in Sub-Saharan Africa. So exactly. you know, uh, ignorance is fun. Yes, <laughs> yes indeed. Um, my favorite though, all time, and I don't know if they're in this tournament though. I love the Haitians versus Dominican stuff. Oh, okay, I don't know if Haiti was in this one. Oh, it it's might a, have been. It took me a while to get this because I had a Haitian roommate or whatever back in the day in college. Mm-hmm. It's the same fucking island. Yeah. It's an it's island size. no bigger than the fucking, like, San Francisco and maybe down to San Mateo yeah. or some shit. It's a small-ass island, but really the differences is. are so drastic. Yeah. One speaks French and one speaks Spanish, and one thinks they're better than the other. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that stuff. It's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This was awesome. You got any other? Yeah, well, I guess I guess just to maybe sort of wrap it up in terms of our... Sort of a big topic. Uh, I'll bring up this whole Kaepernick thing. Oh okay, yeah, I forgot about he's that. He's still not signed. Yeah. Um, he had the the uh, I just call him Trump because I don't like to refer him as as president or whatever. Um, <laughs> he out here talking shit. 
or whatever. Oh, wait, the actual president of the United Did States? Did you see this? No. He... Yesterday, Trump, during his, his speech in Kentucky, said that uh, teams won't sign Kaepernick because they know that I will tweet at them and they are fearful of what I will say. Whoa, I, I, missed, yeah. that, I missed that story. Oh, wow, yeah, so that's was, huge. Yeah, it was all on sports thing today. It was, oh, boy. It was going fucking bananas and everything. Oh, and boy. Meanwhile, Kaepernick's still donating $100,000 here, donating to Meals on Wheels and mm-hmm. putting money on these places. And we got this ass clown fucking talking shit. The one supposed to be creating jobs and, <laughs> and all kinds of shit. It's all these coal miners with their useless fucking digging dirt jobs. Talking about, I'm gonna get you your jobs back, but now you're gonna hate on man and happy that he ain't got no job, and you're not you're gonna do everything in your power not to get, let him work. Bullshit. I do think these teams are blackballing him mm-hmm. in a way uh, because they're fearful of uh, certain aspects of public perception, uh, thinking it's gonna become a distraction. It wasn't a distraction to me, to most people. Uh, it was a news story just because it, it was there. He was voted the MVP of, of the team by his peers in the locker room. No one said anything bad. He had a great season in terms of his performance. Uh, 19 touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, Niners were shitty. They, they had nobody around him. Hyde couldn't stay healthy. Jeremy Curley is your fucking top receiver. Torrey Smith was trash. Uh, nobody on, on defense could stay healthy. Bowman was injured again. Reed battling uh, nagging injuries, concussions, but they was garbage. They, it, nobody was on that team was, was good. And he was the only one that was actually decent among that entire roster. He earned a starting, he earned the starting job. There's no doubt about it. Um, outside looking in, uh, some of those stats, and we've touched upon this before, they're good stats per se, but it's a little bit of fool's gold because sometimes in a lot Playing of those games, time. yeah, they were already 17 points down, third, fourth quarter, different type of defense that you're playing, right. you know, and, and you can certainly rack up two or three touchdowns late in, the, late in the game if you're already down by 30 points. All that being said, he's gone to the Super Bowl, he's gone to the NFC Championship games, he's had a great postseason record he's proven that he can play in this league especially in those Harbaugh years I would say I could name three or four teams that do not have a better starting no maybe even seven or eight teams in the NFL who do not have a viable truly better starting quarterback than Kaepernick regardless of anything off the field I think just performance wise he would prove to these seven or eight teams that he is a better quarterback than anybody they could either draft or currently have on their roster. And you, you see people like Mike Glennon getting contracts. Mike Glennon fucking's thinking his record's two is two and ten as a starter. Yeah. But yeah. people uh, first day of free agency kicks in. People ready to throw fifteen million dollars at him. Uh, throw money at Brian Hoyer. Like yeah. just these no name trash compactors that haven't done shit. I think I look at it's it's a weird thing because some people get. Second chances. I, I I like second chances. I think, uh, I hate to compare this, but Michael Vick, who did a criminal act, mm-hmm. Kaepernick did not. Kaepernick did not go to jail. He's not a criminal or whatever. You may or may not like the guy. Did not commit right. any crimes. Ka- uh, Vick did. Went to jail. Came out. Paid his atonement. You know. Uh, did a whole lot of... Stuff for the, you know, people with pets and mm-hmm. SPCA or whatever. And played marginally okay. He put, when he first came back, he was balling out of control. Yes. Yeah. He first, was, yeah, I'll give you that. Played well. Uh, 
and got a second chance. To some people, he will always be that person who yeah. was doing the dogfighting. I get that. But it was nice to see him get that level of redemption and earn it through his playing. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that for Cap. Um, and at the same time, I don't like to see people blackballed for politics, per se. I, I'd like to think that the, the NFL is a meritocracy, other than when you are doing truly egregious things like beating your wife. Yeah. You know, killing people, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, outside of crimes, I'd like for people to basically be judged based on how they perform. Yeah, and he sort of said this initially when he took his uh, his stance on, on the topic. He was like, it might cost me my career. So he's willing to make whatever sacrifice he feels is necessary. He's not the one really doing any whining about it. Just people are sort of talking about it. Spike Lee spoke out about it. He did. Uh, and tweeted something on Instagram because I guess he and cap had met or or talked or something like that but um i mean essentially it's a sacrifice that could be made i mean we lost muhammad ali last year muhammad ali uh went to jail for what three years yep. and lost uh lost his his part of his career his money his endorsements and stuff like that on his stance that he took politically and people were calling him every name in the, in the book kind yep. of coward and this that and whatever and Essentially, when history looked back on it, I mean, he's a, he was a fucking hero for the stance that he took. Yep. And, but at the time, the majority of people didn't feel that way. Yeah. Um, I would like to see him playing football. Uh, I don't know where he'll per se fit in, but he certainly deserves nothing but tryouts. If, if that's what he wants, mm-hmm. tryouts with a bunch of teams, it would be a real fucking shame uh, to see him not get an opportunity. But and and it may not be starting, you know, depending on where where yeah. it is. But ooh, it's just a a really chilling look if if yeah. that is the case. Because twenty years ago, when I saw with Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, yeah. formerly Chris Jackson, um, in the NBA playing for the Nuggets and whatnot, he was one of the talented young point guards or shooting guard, you know, young guards in the league, and you know he took a very similar stance in terms of not standing for the national anthem or whatever, and it became its own story and eventually wasn't in the league. But I think he had the talent to play. Yeah, same thing, uh, I believe it was Craig Hodges. Uh, Yeah. He had a, I forget the specific details about it, but he was sort of kind of, sort of shoot out the league. I think one year, even in the three-point contest, he was in the three-point contest, he wasn't even on a team. Yep. He was just wearing like some plain-ass like NBA logo jersey or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we will see. Uh, Good luck to Cap. Um, I'm still all Team Beast Mode, Skittles, and yeah. Open Coliseum. <laughs> you know? Hilarious. So, all right. So we'll wrap it up then. Um, I said, you can uh, shoot us some questions um, <clears throat> at MJ and Kobe. You can uh, shoot your questions at me at uh, Hey It's Stitch, H E Y I T S S T I T C H. Shoot uh, me some questions on Twitter, any topics you want us to talk about. Uh, Dirty Stew, reach out to us and uh, explain how we can. Uh, Show show Prodigy what's wrong with his uh, soccer needs to just conform and uh, give up their their money making cow in each of these countries just to hand it over to somewhere else. Hey, if college football can change, bowl system, college football's in one goddamn country. <laughs> There's a European Union, right? <laughs> somebody, somebody take control. You know what I mean? You know. Oh, anyway, uh, hit hit me up uh, at Cthulhu's Prodigy or at Be the BTI. Uh, we love all things sports-related in terms of questioning. And uh, be on the lookout for some great events with uh, the whole squad coming up very, very soon. We appreciate y'all listening, fam.
Come on, but out. Peace.